Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Fletchcast, uh, the long gestating idea. I think it was from episode one or two of this podcast where Dan started talking about the movie Fletch. And I said, welcome to Fletchcast as a joke because I thought it sounded so boring. And yet here we are finally <laughs> once again making one of Dan Enden's many various dreams and fantasies come true on the Movie Blues podcast. We're going to be watching one movie today and one movie alone. That is a 1985 film, Fletch. Starring Chevy Chase. Um, let's talk about Fletch, baby. Yeah, and uh, and we're joined by special special guest, uh, resident Fletch expert. <laughs> <laughs> nice, uh, Dylan Wheeler. You're welcome, Dylan. How you doing, man? I'm good. How are you? Good to see you out of the rental zone. Yes, <laughs> yes. I mean, I had to take a take a little hiatus. Did you? Yeah, a little mental health break. Why is that? Because uh, we don't have to talk about Office Space here. If you know, mm-hmm. this is the Fletch episode. Mm-hmm. Um, we can talk about whatever, baby. Let's rap. Office Space and Austin Powers. I just think it's it's like a it's an inhumane stress test or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dylan is referring to the Movie Blues Rental Zone, our official group for the podcast. Uh, that has an asterisk next to it, and um, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, the group does not work. reflect the views and uh, opinions, thoughts, and opinions of the official podcast. Yeah, because uh, we're uh, not a bunch of fucking idiots. Dylan is Smart. a re- renowned member of uh, the Rental Zone, and from what I have gathered, has at least listened to one episode of this podcast which is great um dylan what is your favorite or least favorite episode of the podcast so far i mean i listened to the cats one and obviously the 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 dame junie drenched (laughs) were especially tasteful in my mind i think i think Um, there should be some contest like at the end of the year that we do like whoever loses has to get dame judy drenched Tattooed, <laughs> tattooed somewhere on their body. Or yeah, like actually be... slime them, like Nickelodeon. I for sure am not participating in that contest. <laughs> yeah, no, you'll get slimed by her yeah. drench. By yeah. right, yeah. Yeah, her drench will go all over you. Um, Cloudy. Okay, good. Well, um, I, thought, I thought for sure we would manage to avoid saying Dame Judy, Judy drenched every episode this season, and it just has not happened. <laughs> not if I have anything to do about it. Dylan, favorite movie of all time? Oh, Jesus. I mean, like, that's like the same thing with the music, where it's like, it's on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. I'd say my, of course. my favorite movie of all time. <sighs> I didn't prep him. Not God Bless America. Um, fuck. I don't know, I guess Raising Arizona. Probably. Okay, wow, cool. That's up there. Choice. That's a good choice. I'm a huge fan of that film. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, Dylan, least favorite opinion you've ever heard from Dan Enden. Okay. Um, <laughs> and then, and you can follow that up with your opinion of the film Speed Racer, and it could be the same answer if you wish. <laughs> <laughs> Feel free. Uh, yeah. We haven't watched Speed Racer. No, not yet. The day is early. <laughs> yeah. It's happening next. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd like I'd like to know the answer to this question. Got yeah, it. I'm still trying to uh, I'm still trying to think about this. One yeah. time, uh, one time in um, in band camp in eighth grade, I told Dylan I didn't like when the Grateful Dead played the slow version of "Friend of the Devil," and he didn't talk to me for a year. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> that's very disturbing. I don't know why. <laughs> Was that just supposed to be the? Uh, the that was Gene Hackman. Yeah, that, that was that was Gene Hackman from yeah, Montana Yeah. 
Um, okay, well, um, I'm gonna start uh, sailing I, the I, ship. I think that, uh, wait, no, I think the, the, the main takeaway there is that I have no negative opinions. For no bad takes. Yeah. yeah. We're gonna come back to that question. I'm not gonna let it go. Yeah, if, if you omit that question, answering that question, that means you will have been vilifying all of Dan Endon's opinions, so if you <laughs> feel safe with doing that, then <laughs> please don't answer. <laughs> um, Today we did Fletch, and before we talk about Fletch, I want to talk about a rising paradigm in the Movie Blues podcast that needs to be addressed up front. As we know very well, or at least as I know very well through talking to Dan Endon through text eight hours a day, um, Dan has this thing where like he doesn't want to watch movies that don't interest him. This is a known, <laughs> this is a known fact, right? So like... Um, what makes that so fascinating when I'm doing a one-on-one -on -one movie podcast with this man for the past two to three years is that when he does recommend me a movie such as Fletch, um, it doesn't really matter what it's about um, on its face. Because if Dan Andon is recommending it, remember, he's only seen movies that he is interested in. <laughs> so unlike me where like some of my favorite movies don't really have a personal connection to me whatsoever i enjoy them from like a film standard for dan it's like most of his recommendations to me i can see his i call it the dan end verse which is a a series of concepts found in film whether it's disrespect and murder of the police or um uh, things of that caliber that always show up in, in Dan and in MCU properties. Um, Fletch was absolutely no exception to the rule. Um, <laughs> it was a film uh, about a man who pulls himself up by his bootstraps and disrespects all members of authority around him, disrespects all members of the law, uh, crashes and destroys several police vehicles, um, tricks and intimidates every officer of the law that he comes in contact with. What, what it boils down to here um, is that uh, the, regardless of the movie that I thought I was going to watch, um, what I ended up getting was a movie about a guy who recklessly lives his life just above the line of an obviously crippling suicidal depression. <laughs> Using his powers of sarcasm and apathy to hood hoodwink women into liking him, while openly disrespecting all figures of authority, most of all including police, which he disrespects and derails at any given opportunity. In essence, this film, of course, as usual, is part of Dan Endon's paradise. As I watch Chevy Chase stop the police chasing him by making a crowd of people interfere with police duty as he yells at the top of his lungs, HUG A COP! Over a microphone, I can see that this film is strongly planted in Endon's sphere of interest. I totally get it, and uh... <laughs> <laughs> it seems like a, a, a pretty, pretty nuanced and accurate take of the film. <laughs> we, put, we put it on this morning, and within seconds, I was like, "Oh man, I know exactly what Spin Dance is going to have." <laughs> well, it's obviously the whole movie's obviously leftist propaganda, and I've been I've been meaning to talk about this. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad I got this opportunity. Um, so to get everybody um round in the same place, I'll hit you guys with the trailer first. Ah, oh, for God, Don, Don. What is this man saying? What is this man doing? What in the hell's the matter with you? What is this man's name? My name is Igor Stravinsky. Hi there, I'm uh, Harry S. Truman. I'm uh, Don Corleone. They call him Fletch. Fletch! Fletch! Fletch. F. Fletch. 
He's good at defending himself. Better tie your shoelaces. Disguising himself. And getting himself into trouble. Well, it be Fletch. Go ahead. Make my day. He's a reporter. There are no tags on these mattresses. Who's about to write the story of a lifetime. Will you kill me? Sure. If he lives. Thanks a lot. There isn't a woman he can't charm. Can I borrow your towel for a sec? My car just hit a water buffalo. A question he won't ask. You and your wife are currently alive, I take it. Drop your shorts and bend over, Mr. Babar. A risk he won't take. Probably feel 100% Moon River. To get to the truth. It looks like you two have a lot to talk over. We'll just catch the last 10 minutes of Dynasty. Universal Pictures presents Chevy Chase as Fletch. My hero. Welcome to it. So the plot of this film revolves around uh, L.A. Times reporter Irwin M. Fletcher, who is offered a large sum of money to kill a millionaire by the millionaire himself, who supposedly has terminal cancer in his body. Fletch becomes suspicious when he discovers the man is not going to die of cancer, um, and when he continues to investigate, his life is threatened. Um, interesting movie. Um, definitely wasn't expecting, especially from the fact that the title was in Godfather font, for it to be like <laughs> um, like an L.A. beach bum neo-noir detective right. story. Yeah, it's like a noir comedy. Um but uh, what an interesting little movie this was. You've never seen this before, right? I have never seen this before, no. Um, and I really enjoyed it. It was of its time, obviously, and full of like some of the most egregiously terrible music I've ever heard. Um, I adore the music to this movie. Absolutely. I know. I knew you would say that. Um, the audio mix is just not good, um, and there. Are your feelings on Chevy Chase? I know we've talked about this in the in the in the podcast before. But I feel like we should both preface with, right? There are people that hold Chevy Chase in extremely high comedic regard, and my understanding is that neither of us are, are those people. Yeah, I mean, I I enjoyed Chevy Chase um, from SNL and Community. Um, I do not like the Christmas Vacation movies really all that much. I think they're fine. Um, and I know he's a tremendous throbbing dick in real life, so it kind of prevents me from wanting to go through his filmography very much. Right. Um, but this, he was really excellent in this movie and really tasteful. His comedic timing was razor sharp it's throughout. Jokes. This movie is a barrage of one-liners. Dylan, are you a big Chevy Chase fan? I am, actually. I, I really appreciate Vacation and even Caddyshack, all those, you know. Um, oh, and Dylan, real quick, you're not Jewish. Oh, correct, correct. Okay, um, exactly. Okay, cool. Uh, I would, That's I would, where you I would probably, I would probably go so far as to say profoundly Gentile. Mm -hmm. Actually, mm -hmm. all of our guests so far have been, so you're in good company. Good. I mean, our first guest was Jason Cohen, so that's not true. <laughs> uh, yes, Chevy Chase, a huge fan of Chevy Chase, but I grew up with him. I guess it's different, you know. Once, uh, you know, when I when I hear of somebody watching Flesh for the first time in their mid thirties, I'm always like, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't. Uh, understand if they hate it you know right sure. but um yeah chevy chase has always been a huge uh huge huge uh influence you know comedically to me mm -hmm. even and what do you think about him being a cocksucker well <laughs> i like it i'm sorry like, man, dirty I, dirty old cocksucker. dirty old cocksucker exactly um i i'd say i like the man enough that he's a, he's earned it i think he did a fucking you know he did a 
he did a mon he did a monumental thing where that's his that's his gimmick. You know what I mean? Like his he, he, car he carved out his own. He carved out his own right of right. being the sarcastic scumbag. Exactly, and that is his sense of humor. And I mean, you know, yeah, he did he did that one thing. But I think Fletch is a good example of him actually using different characters, though. You know. Have you guys ever seen the movie Nothing But Trouble? Yes. No. Nothing But Trouble is basically um, at the point of Dan Aykroyd's career where he became very famous and could make whatever he wanted after Ghostbusters. Right. Um, and was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to make... I mean, at this point, he was obsessed with ghosts and demons and, and like, for real, in real life. Like, he a huge ufologist, like, huge conspiracy theorist. Um, and he made this movie. It's one of the worst movies ever made, starring Chevy Chase. Um, it is so fucking bizarre. It's a very sickening, weird movie. And Dan Aykroyd plays, like, the mayor of what is ostensibly kind of like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but, like, a, a, like a town with a mayor. But they're torturing these people who are on a road trip and blah, blah, blah. And Dan Aykroyd just has a giant prosthetic penis on his face, just like unexplained. It's just like in the movie. It's one of the fucking most uncomfortable movies I've ever seen. Yeah. I think we should almost do it on this podcast. You've seen this before? Yes, I, I, I saw the movie uh, as a kid, actually, on TV. And I, really disturbing. I, had, I didn't know the name. I had to like Google it. Like I had to do research to try to find the name of this movie. Did you just Google like Dan Aykroyd with a dick nose movie? Kind of. I think, isn't Tupac also in the movie at the end of it? That was a defining thing. Was he? The end credits roll. I gotta see this movie again. I think he's one of the guys that's around, and that was a defining thing that you're able to, like, kind of... Yeah, talk about burying the lead. You didn't mention that Pac was in the film. (laughs) Yeah, well, I fucked that up badly. Wait, is it probably going to end up being either Omar or the, uh, the vibe of the podcast when we don't have like supporting documentation to back up any of the claims we make? Honestly, oh. if you look it up, it's probably going to be Omar Epps or Tyrese Gibson, so it's not really worth it. Every time it ends up being <laughs> one of the two. <laughs> Every yeah. time we wonder it about was... it being someone that is a different one. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Tay Diggs. <laughs> no, that was one of them one time. <laughs> Um, so this movie reminded me of quite a few things. It reminded me of uh, Paul Thomas Anderson's Inherent Vice a lot. Um, I don't know if either of you guys have seen that movie. Inherent Vice. Inherent Vice, yeah. yeah. I haven't. I've lived it, brother. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, that is a movie where Joaquin Phoenix <sighs> is like a druggy beach bum who is also a reporter, crime investigator. Yeah, that sounds strikingly similar to this. And wanders around L.A. solving a multi-layered crime that involves many different factions. I mean, it's like the Chinatown vibe, just like neo-noir. But it's also based on a very dense book, which this movie is as well. So there's a lot of similarities there. Um, The only difference is Inherent Vice is a good movie. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, So... um, yeah, in both this and Fast and Furious, uh, which is the movie we just reviewed, I have This Movie Hates the Police, so it was hard to tell my notes apart. <laughs> um, so let me tell you from my experience, somebody that had never seen Fletch, um, as I started watching the movie, um, I was really off-put for the first five or ten minutes, so badly that I started writing down the plot of what was happening in the movie, because I had never even seen a trailer for Fletch, so I had no clue what I was getting into, and like, it could have been anything. It could have been yeah. Like, I mind you that this came up in episode one because we were talking about '80s comedies, and I was like, unequivocally, Fletch is the be- the funniest '80s comedy. 
and you were just like, the fuck is Fletch? Like, <laughs> Having seen it now, that's a fucking insane opinion, but it is a, it is a very good movie. Um, um, so I started writing down the plot because I literally couldn't even follow what was going on. I didn't know who was who and what was what and like what we were like what was going on and like dan has always reported to me um that sometimes when we watch movies for the podcast he starts spacing out and has to literally re-watch the first like 15 minutes i didn't do that per se but i was just writing down what was happening so I, as i was writing it down uh the first like at least five or ten minutes i just wrote one run-on sentence <laughs> And it says, so a reporter who is getting a big scoop on bums doing drugs on the beach gets an offer from a rich prick who hires Fletch to murder him for $50,000 because he has bone cancer in his entire body. And then he is given a ticket to fly to Rio as an escape and tells Fletch to grab his passport and get ready to murder his ass all within 10 minutes from the title crawl, all of which is underscored by some of the most uncomfortable synth-driven R&B music that totally makes no sense whatsoever and fits Fletch's bizarrely unprofessional dress in a full Lakers jersey as he is in his office getting ripped apart by his boss while, sim- while simultaneously admitting that he does not read the newspaper that he works for while working at a newspaper. I've always loved that. I don't read the paper. You know that. That's a great line. Um, this movie is rife with amazing one-liners. Um, amazing uh, he, everywhere he goes he because he's a reporter. Himself, dude. He can't help himself. Like, yeah. He cannot respond in he's anything other than jokes. He's a person who cannot help himself. Yeah, he's um, just constantly antagonizing everyone around him. I love it. Here's the thing about movies made by like SNL cast members or like people like Jim Carrey. Um, there are two kinds of those movies that I can kind of see in my mind. There's um, one where you're playing it as you are the dumbest person in the room. Like Ace Ventura is like a goofy main protagonist playing it as the dumbest person in the room. And then you have movies where they're being the smartest person in the room. Um, and I felt like this was more akin to that, where it's like Cable Guy is almost like smartest person in the room because Cable Guy, Jim Carrey, is like an overarching genius. Yeah, He's like a mastermind. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and those major comedians can only really make two... Con- like, you know, um, Wayne's World is like dumbest guy in the room. Um, Austin but like, Powers. Sometimes guy. Austin Powers is like sometimes. smartest guy in the room. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Um, this movie was very smartest guy in the room. It was very much like watching somebody who could really just talk their way out of any situation. It was fun to watch and, you know, implausible as fuck a lot. Um, and had set pieces and parts in it, um, that were either racially insensitive or included dumb costuming or like, (laughs) just like shit that it didn't need to be like, there didn't need to be such like silly costume hijinks and i read an article that said that in the second one like in fletch lives the sequel that it's like a lot of more character work yeah it's i i said to you the other day that the real purpose of you watching fletch is that so you can see how absolutely bonkers fletch lives is it's Mm -hmm. to the point where my uh my box set of the dvds the cover of it I should have brought it along. It um it has like a pinwheel situation built into the cover, so you can like switch Chevy Chase's costumes like on the cover, like Master of Disguise, basically. Yeah, exactly. Um, so Dylan, did you see uh, the sequel, Fletch Lives? I did, and I when mean, you were I, kid? I wasn't as big a fan of it. It didn't uh, it didn't dig in as hard. Dan here swears by it. Celebrates the guy's entire catalog. <laughs> <laughs> Anything Fletch related, you know? Yeah, I eat it up. Fletch, Fletch that is, not Chevy Chase. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, all two of them. I'm huge fans of. Yeah. Um, so, um, 
you know, uh, Fletch in this movie is essentially writing a story. He's writing a story about the millionaire who offers Fletch to kill him um, for a huge sum of money. And so Fletch is not only embroiled in the situation of being offered this bet, but he's also writing a story for his newspaper on the proceedings as they happen. Um, Rather but, than writing the story that he's supposed to be writing. Right, of course. Like like in any of these reporter movies, they're always like, yeah. what about the story at the zoo you were supposed to be writing? It's yeah, like, and he's like, fuck <laughs> you, boss. It's like the only universe in which people are regularly allowed to tell. He's like he's like a celebrated, he's like a celebrity reporter at this point. Oh, you. Yeah. But this is not, this is it's not the, a, It's the a same movie. dynamic as like the police chief who's like, oh, why are you guys causing property damage everywhere you go? And like Murdoch and fucking Riggs are like, fuck you, chief. <laughs> um, but the problem for me is that, like, you know, and whatever, it is what it is. You can't ascribe any kind of reality to this movie. You know what I mean? Like, Fletch is writing a story, but in doing so has committed no less than 40 felonies, including avoiding arrest, theft, including theft of over $500, which at the time was definitely a felony, assault on both police officers and citizens equally, property destruction, wanton reckless endangerment, breaking and entering, providing a false ID to law enforcement officers, public officials and women equally, Short of committing murder, Fletch has easily violated almost every major U.S. felony law imaginable. I know scoops can be worth it for a reporter, but this is crossed into literal absurdity. Fletch seems to want to take people down a peg who are entitled, reckless, and abusive with their power, but Fletch is literally guilty of all of those three things without question throughout the whole film. Long story short, Chevy Chase is a fucking asshole. Yeah, but also, it, it does the similar thing. It takes the, the Fast and the Furious approach where it justifies all of it by making the cops like semi-crooked um yeah it was very similar to fast and furious now that you bring it up um, <laughs> many of my notes i'm serious dude like many of my notes are the same a lot of them are about the police um fletch was given a ticket to escape to rio the fucking fast and furious movie we watched they were living in rio trying to escape from there <laughs> it's just too much man yeah, i didn't know these two I didn't know these two were going to be... I thought Vin was going to come out at any second. Yeah, all 11 <laughs> Fast and the Furious movies take place within the Fletch. And Fletch, Fletch is for family. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's the episode title right there. Fletch is for family. Um, <laughs> Dan, talk to me about this movie. Why? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how? What, what is there left to talk about? You just summed up the entire thing, man. Do you have the, anything the, you'd like to say about it? The, the reality just... is, is that I, I, the reason I love it is for exactly what you said. It's just wanton disregard for authority in all ways. It's so, <laughs> like, so egregiously disregarding of societal norms at all, at all opportunities. The way he infiltrates the, uh, the, the what is it, like a yacht club where, where he's charging up into the underhills. Would, would you call that a yacht club? No, a tennis club. Yeah, tennis no, club. Yeah, right. yeah it's just... It's, no. it's, it's nothing no, but disdain for the that rich. That was a pedophile locker room at best. Yeah, I <laughs> mean. for the elite. You call that a tennis club? Yeah, I mean, aren't, aren't all tennis clubs? <laughs> uh, this is my point. He has, like, such, such disregard and disdain for all of society, all societal norms. It's, it's an onslaught of jokes. Every time then, you watch this movie, if you take the time to laugh at a joke, you miss three more. <laughs> I just don't understand, though, how he could be, like, against all of these things and work for the Democratic fake news media. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this, that's, isn't that, the, question isn't that the inherent hypocrisy of the left? <laughs> 
Dan, in your twisted, I'm just like curious, totally random tangent, in your twisted worldview, which includes like thinking that like Batman is like about like just the like authoritarianism, like in your the twisted Dark Knight worldview, is literally right wing propaganda. Capitalism. Um, uh, what is your thoughts on Superman? Like as a property or like on, on like a moral barometer? On like a moral barometer, because like he is a reporter, he's a member of the fake news media. <laughs> But he's also a jingoistic red, white, and blue death machine. Yeah, right. I mean, this is inherent. he's a major bootlicker. This is this is why. Uh... <laughs> this is why um, I, in general, have disdain for the the superhero properties to begin with, because they're all pretty much like jingoistic, fucking nationalist propaganda for the most part. Uh, Superman, in particular, like I. I think in an earlier episode when we were talking about when it first came up my my lack of desire to watch the Marvel movies I brought up Superman as the example of something that I just don't relate to at all because ultimately it, it, it's this it's the same <laughs> Captain America thing no matter how like Dan just can't accept that somebody would just want to do nothing but good for other people <laughs> no I can't accept that it's always framed within the context of like American national yeah. morality for sure I'm, I'm with you on that I mean he is literally a walking American flag so yeah it's, there's, uh, a scene, there's a scene where his uh is is what would you call it? his uniform his emblem it gets ripped, and there is a Proud Boys tattoo you can see on the shirt. <laughs> I think it's the fourth one. Was it the fourth one? Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, but again, that's because the Proud Boys are more of, like, an activist organization. They're not really a white nationalist group. They're just kind of guys who are proud of their heritage that happens mm -hmm. to be white. Mm -hmm. yeah. And while you can... Just, like just because, Guys, skip, just because they have a token one Latino. minute 45 <laughs> seconds to hear more about Fletch. <laughs> just because they have a token Latino leader does not mean they're not a white <laughs> nationalist group. I feel like that should be just like, like be said yeah, more so importantly. They're so lucky they got that Latino guy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can. They were like every group can find their Ben Carson. That's what hit. That's what Hitler needed. Hitler needed like one good Jew on his board. He did. He had um there he had like a Jewish driver in the SS and like people are always be forever talking like like Holocaust deniers will be forever pointing to the fact that like Hitler had like some Jews in his cabinet as proof that like he wasn't rounding up Jews. You know, he should have had a Jewish banker instead so he could have <laughs> fortified that bunker a little better. <laughs> Bunker bitch. Do you think that's like if Hitler died today, that's what people would be saying about him? <laughs> They'd be calling him a bunker uh, bitch. Wait, have you moved moved on? Is this an allegory for Trump or is like are you mean the actual Hitler? <laughs> anyway, um there's an, another scene because of black I'm, I'm saying that Trump movie. is not alive today. The person we saw in that video this morning is clearly a deep state plant. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a uh, what they call a um a BTI, I think it was, like a bi biological terrestrial invention it's like a thing that looks like a human being but it's just like a bunch of like bio skin yeah it's just thrown like, on a metal metal skeleton yeah they made them in the basement of a pizzeria you guys still believe in metal <laughs> <laughs> wow you're you're small minds yeah <laughs> galaxy brain you guys don't think metal's real do you <laughs> um uh, anyway um as we, were talking, as we were talking about um this movie, as Dan was alluding to, slams full on into hating the police. And then at the end, at the end of the film, 
there's a coda that that truly just signifies that there is no enemy greater than the police because <laughs> when um, Chevy Chase finally confronts the man who has put him on this whole wild goose chase wherein he finds out that this man actually isn't hiring him to kill uh, him. He's hiring him to kill Chevy Chase and frame a bunch of shit on him, yada, yada, yeah, yada. Yeah, his own death. Um, at the... At the end, like a fucking Bond villain, the 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 head of the police station like kicks down the door and like. Jordan Baker. Um. Yeah. Great. Great actor. Um. Uh, the fat cop shows up at the end and literally gives up his entire plan, staking the bad guy with eight hundred thousand dollars for drugs. As with any Dan Endon presents masterpiece, Fletch ends on the ultimate enemy being the police, despite the entire film working to expose Alan as the bad guy. Yeah, it's the old bait and switch. It's the they, they call that the book of Henry. It's the perfect crime. Yeah, because um, the real crime is the existence of the police force to begin with. Correct. Like like any movie blues masterpiece, this movie had its own share of blackface. <laughs> we had a scene in which thank and I don't know how the restraint was decided upon to not black up Chevy Chase when he was having a dream about being on the L.A. Lakers. <laughs> Thankfully, restraint was only used to give him a huge Chris Ludicrous Bridges level afro. Um, and, and I just want to say something. Like, if you're not going to do blackface, right? Let's say, like, if you're gonna if you're gonna have the misfortune so as to choose to not do yeah, blackface. Right. If you're not going to do blackface, if you put a giant black jet black afro wig on a white man, no white man can naturally grow a jet black afro wig. Like. You're generalizing and it's pretty offensive. It's basically saying that a black person... Yeah, you should really check your privilege on that one, Dan. What about Gene Shalit? It's basically saying that a black person is only defined by their skin color. And if you were to take away the fact that he's dressed like a basketball player and has a huge afro, if you just take away the darkening of his skin, it somehow to them made it seem okay. But I'm here to tell you that... that, You're aware that most basketball players used to just be like a bunch of lanky Jews, correct? (laughs) You want to tell me that he wasn't playing a black guy, dude? You want to fucking go down that road? Yeah, that's yeah, what we're doing. I mean, it, I don't. He was I, black. It, it wasn't offensive until you just made it offensive. He was as black they as the day is long. Liberal. He was as black as the Great Wall of fucking China, dude. <laughs> is the Great Wall of China black? What does that He's mean? He's as black as it is long. <laughs> 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 and his skin wasn't black, but he was in a huge afro, and he was playing with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. <laughs> And they were playing basketball together. By contrast, it proves immediately that he's not black. And um, so, yeah, I mean, like any movie we watch, we're going to slam down that alley. Um, (laughs) um, Then I have a bunch of notes where I was like, holy shit, I made a huge realization that Ace Ventura 1 is very similar to this movie. And that, like, whoever wrote Ace Ventura 1 surely was inspired at some level by certain elements of Fletch, because Ace Ventura 1 is also a neo-noir movie. Um, Like, when Fletch is at Alan's parents' house, out of the country, investigating his background um, in, like, a wealthy L.A. full of lies and deceit, I was thinking about Ace Ventura, and after watching it, I was convinced that, you know, the two had to have inspiration. Um, And it's, again, about an unorthodox detective who doesn't respect anyone that he should, brazenly following his own set of morals and whacked out ideas that leaves people of power around him looking utterly silly. Um, And again, both Ace Ventura and Fletch are kind of examples of smartest guy in the room, asshole movie making. Cocky. Like, 
Ace Ventura is a cocky dick who thinks he knows absolutely everything (laughs) and has a really specific weird set of talents and skills that do get him into insane places. Um, Less like disguise work in Ace Ventura, though, so I think that's a better performance overall. But um, (laughs) this was a better movie. I mean, this was a good movie. Yeah. Um, uh, You guys want to play a little game? Yeah, man. Always. We're going to play a game after which we're going to do a little trivia that I found on Fletch, which is all very fascinating and also slams us directly back into the Dan Enden verse. Um, <laughs> um, now we're going to play a game called True or Fletch. Um, <laughs> I'm going to give you three Fletch book titles, two of which are real, one of which is false. The player with the most correct answers by the end of the game wins. Okay. Sound, sound reasonable? Yeah. Sure. All right, your first set of three. Fletch, comma, T-O-O, two. Okay. Fletch, T-W-O, two, is the second choice. Yep. Fletch and U, two, (laughs) T-O-O. Okay. Dylan, what's your answer? Which one is not real of the Which one is real of the three? Fletch, comma, two, Fletch, number two, Fletch and U, two. Number three, just a guess. You think that Fletch and you too is real? Yeah, because that's the most absurd. Dan, um, I believe it's Fletch, T W O two. You are both incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> the second book is called Fletch, comma T O O. That's success. Solid. From nineteen eighty six. Okay. Your next set of options. Comfortable tie. Deny Fletch. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Expose Fletch. Confess Fletch. Deny, expose, or confess, comma, Fletch. Dylan. Ex- no, he's a journalist, man. Deny. Dan Enden. Yeah, my answer is also deny. You are both, again, wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it is confess, comma, Fletch, 1976. <laughs> Are you ready for your next set of options? Yeah, we're, we're, we have, we're perpetually ready. We have Fletch's Fortune. We have Fletch's Folly. And we have Fletch and the case of the missing six million million Jews. <laughs> Wait, let me take that one again. And then we have Fletch and the case of the missing six million Jews. <laughs> Which one of these is real? <laughs> Dan Enden, is it Fortune, Folly, or Fletch in the case of the missing six million Jews? <laughs> and a lot of gays. I'm going to say the real one is uh, Fletch's Folly. Okay, Dylan, Fortune or Folly? Uh, okay. Wait, so we're just ruling Jews out. That's what they were doing in Germany shortly. <laughs> That's what they're still doing. Okay, Okay, Anderson Cooper. Look, Anderson Cooper is um, actually a Rothschild, if you didn't realize that. Of course. Everyone knows that. Yeah. Yikes. Okay. Fortune or folly, buddy? Um, I'll go fortune. Sir, you have just gotten your first and only point thus far in. Yeah. I don't True really pay attention to the titles, I just, I just read them. You know, I don't really look at the titles. Yeah, I hear you, brother. Um, the score is now 1-0, Dylan. Um, and um, Oh, and by the way, I didn't mention, 
whoever wins this um, is going to be my permanent co-host from now on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to bail. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ready? Yeah. Fletch and the man who. Fletch and the woman who. Fletch and the silver bullet. Okay, who's first? You can go, Dan. All right, I'm going to say Fletch and the man who. Okay. Fletch and the silver bullet. That was a golden gun reference and was false. <laughs> and um, no, it is Fletch and the man who, Dan Enden. Yes. Now tying it one to one. Yes. Let's get exciting. Let's go. I assume you are ready. Um, <laughs> son of Fletch. Bride of Fletch. Fletch father, of Frankenstein. <laughs> father of Fletch. Um, should I go first? Sure. Son of Fletch. Yeah, I agree. You both got it. Yeah. So you're both still tied. That was one, that was of, one of the ones that I told, like, I said I know the name of, like, three Fletch books. That's one of them. Yeah, that was a the worst. The worst part is that the other one that I thought I knew was Fletch, comma T O O, and I still got that wrong when you presented it because the other ones made me doubt it. All right, now since it's tied, yep. Here's how we're gonna do this one. Okay. I'm going to read the options. Okay. And then the first person to know it yell yell the word Fletch. <laughs> okay. And then your answer, the other person cannot choose. I assure you that neither of us are gonna yell. <laughs> <laughs> Fletch Reflected, Fletch Resurrection, Fletch Redacted. Fletch. Dan? Redacted. You are incorrect. No. I'm sorry, I wasn't listening. No, wait, what are the first two? Seriously. Reflected or Resurrection? Reflected. You, sir, are the winner of the first ever Truth or Fletch. And the Um, last ever. Bonus round. (laughs) Bonus round. Fletch versus Predator. <laughs> Alien versus Fletch. <laughs> or Fletch and the case of doing blackface with just an afro in a Lakers jersey. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that wraps up our first ever game of Truth or Fletch. We will be playing that again one more time in our Fletch Lives episode, 2BD, <laughs> TBD somewhere down the road. Featuring John Hamm. Um, Let's talk a little bit about some trivia about this fantastic film. Um, Chevy Chase mentioned in interviews that Fletch is his favorite of his movies because it gave him the opportunity to be himself. Yeah, yeah, and for sure, you could see that. And I and and I I will add my own thought to that, which is that it did offer him a chance to be kind of a dick, but also it really showed how intelligent he is. Yeah, I really felt as if his intelligence was on full display in this movie as a comedian and just as a performer in general i mean he had a lot of layers of comedy that he employed so yeah. I, I like his general vibe is constantly making jokes while never presenting any of it as jokes like it's like he's ambivalent as to whether the character of fledge is ambivalent as to whether anyone a catches his jokes uh b if they catch them if they get them if they get them well, if they find them funny like, so it, many of them purely, are to the audience he, he's so sure and just like without a doubt in his mind that he's hilarious that he is unconcerned with the reaction to his jokes. It's purely to entertain himself. And like he's so used to his own brilliance that he's not even entertained by it. He now can't help himself. It's his coping. Th- it's yeah, right. how he deals with people. Right. right. <laughs> it's like the existential dread of having to interact with like lesser beings yeah. just forces him to constantly criticize them to their face without them realizing. I forgot um, to be my dinner bill. I mean, I'd be happy. 
This doesn't surprise me really, but it says that in the novel, as well as the Gregory McDonald other Fletch stories, Fletch is sarcastic and jokey, but he's not as lighthearted as Chevy Chase's portrayal. In the books, he's more cynical and mean-spirited. Yeah. Makes me want to read the book. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I know nothing about the books because I'm an uncultured piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Gregory MacDonald, author of the Fletch novels, had casting approval over the film. In doing so, he rejected Mick Jagger and Burt Reynolds before he decided on Chevy Chase. Wow. That's like, uh, what was the fucking thing in Fast and the Furious that was, it was supposed to be Tommy Lee Jones instead of, and they landed on the rock instead? Yeah. <laughs> it's a similar situation. It's a photo finish between the two. Yeah, photo finish between Mick Jagger and Burt Reynolds. Yeah. <laughs> and instead we were blessed with Chevy Chase. <laughs> Dude, um, is there any other circumstance you can think of in which we would be mentioning those three people together for any reason? No, but like I learned in this episode, uh, with Dan Enden's recommendations, everything's always connected, my brothers. And okay. uh, this last fact, which I, I, I cannot imagine you don't know, Dan, but this last fact that connects it directly into the Dan Enden verse is, is that Kevin Smith. at one point, Kevin Smith yep. had written a script, <laughs> had written a script for a prequel to this film with Fletch Jason one. Lee. Yeah, with Jason Lee. That's how this came, that's how this came up. In However, the podcast. it was the Yoga Hosers episode. Miramax, Miramax producer Harvey Weinstein would not let him, citing Lee's lack of box office appeal. <laughs> right, and he refused to make it unless it was Lee. Smith then considered directing Ghosts of Girlfriends Past for Disney in 2003 at the request of Ben Affleck, who was set to star. This didn't sit well with Weinstein, who allowed Smith to make Fletch uh, instead, as long as he got Affleck to star as Fletch in it. Which, by the way, that would have been god-awful. That would have been amazing, FYI. Fuck you. Fletch won. (laughs) (laughs) Fletch won briefly went into production. Yep. but was canceled when Affleck ultimately decided to stay with Disney, even though the film would later be made without him. Yep. Fletch, wa- Fletch won, ended up at Warner Brothers, but has remained in developmental hell ever since. Yeah, Jason Lee would have been the best Fletch. Oh, absolutely. That would have been a perfect... Ben, ben Affleck would have been fucking no. terrible. Yeah. No, I think when they... Cause Jason I Lee would have been incredible. When he announced that, I was just like, that is, Jason Lee is the only person that I would be like, I was like, there's no world where they can do a new Fletch movie, and I'm not going to hate whoever they pick. And then they were like, Kevin Smith's going to make it. It's going to Jason Lee. And I was like, that's hilarious and sounds great. Hmm. Um, yeah, I, um, I I would love to see the Jason Lee version. I think Jason Lee is pretty much born to be Fletch. Yeah. Like, that is such a that's perfect... That's, like, right up his alley. It seems... He also seems like he's a better fit than Chevy Chase a little bit in terms of, like, if his real character from the book was more cynical... Yeah. Um, yeah, I was surprised at the cynicism of Chevy Chase's character in this movie because, from what I've seen from Chevy Chase, his comedy usually isn't about being cynical all the yeah. time. That really isn't no. his vibe. Fletch is like it, everything is I'm... like a pure state of depression. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, wrapped up in a very eighties <laughs> <80s> movie. <laughs> wrapped up in very eighties blackface of Jason. I can't wait to download the fucking soundtrack for this movie and just have it looping in the background of this episode. Um, so to wrap this to wrap this into the Dan Lyons verse. Um, oh, okay. Here in we go. regards to you hating the music of this film, um, on numerous occasions I've seen Humphreys McGee come out to the theme to this movie. Oh my god! Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, 
right here we have the movie blues um official board of scores um again uh guest scores and opinions do not count um uh we oh, on that note what's your score <laughs> just, just happy, i'm just bad just happy to be here guys on that note, Dylan, what what would you give um, Fast and Fletch Furious? <laughs> Fletch and Furious? Yeah. The Fletch and the Furious? Um, Gone with the Fletch. I'd give it a nice, hearty 7.3. Michael Fletch Bender. If you can see on the board, on the border, <laughs> I wrote a very small D-Y. Yeah. I wrote D-Y for Dylan. <laughs> 7.3 FL. <laughs> so so it's in there somewhere, dude. It's You're on the board. Um, Dan Enden, let me dial this one in. Dan Enden, what do you give Fletch? I give Fletch an 8.5. Good. I'm really glad you didn't do a, like something really hyperbolic and stupid. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, if you gave it a 10, like, then Fletch is going to, like, win the season already. Like, we haven't even watched a single actual movie yet. <laughs> <laughs> We're three episodes in, and not not one has been a full motion picture yet. But we'll, <laughs> we'll let you know. Um, I'm going to give Fletch, yeah, like a 7.9. Wow. I did really enjoy it. Wow. I was, it's, I was sure you were going to hate it. I it's a movie that it, if I grew up with, um, I would have obviously probably pumped up the score a little bit. But um, it no, man, surprised I, me that it, it doesn't get held in the same regard as like shit like Christmas Vacation. This movie's clearly funnier than Christmas Vacation. I think so too. Yeah, and definitely. I know you thought that I wouldn't have liked it, but definitely keep in mind that like I like smart comedies. I prefer yeah. smart comedies. I just assume that you go into anything I recommend like trying to hate it. Of course I do, Dan. But if it's real, I have to admit it. Yeah, that's right. It's my critic oath. It's my critic's Hippocratic oath. Yeah. That I signed at the temple on Sunday. <laughs> After services. <laughs> um, <laughs> did you have a good Sukkot, Dan? Uh, did I have a good Sukkot? Hmm, let me see. Did I went you to and your coronavirus-ridden family hang out in a hut together? <laughs> We, uh, we went to the hut in the backyard of my parents' house, uh, which they had three Mexicans construct, which totally derails <laughs> the morality incredible. point and purpose of the holiday in every way whatsoever. Unbelievable. Um, <laughs> Does your brother still have COVID? Yeah, but he wasn't there. So I came over because my brother and his family weren't there. <laughs> you were your um, brother's toe. <laughs> Rachel and I were uh, sitting at the t First of all, I showed up in a baseball hat. And my mom made me put on a yarmulke and take my hat off. As a, she then, as a tradition. She then promptly instructed us to not speak about politics or world events. Um, she was unaware, having turned her phone off on Thursday for the holiday, that Donald Trump has been hospitalized with COVID. Wow. Um, oh, man. Was that fun made, for you? I made really fun allusions to it all night. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> One of which we were talking about, oh, this person has COVID, that person has COVID. And this is how we're, I- Were all of those hypothetical people, people in their Hasidic community? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Everyone this, that they've been in contact with. So I was weird. like, uh, I was like, you know, guys, that's the thing about COVID. It strikes people all the way from the very bottom. And then I motioned at all the Orthodox people around me. <laughs> And then I said, and then it can go all the way to the very, very top. I was like, literally delivered it just as I'm doing it right now. The most powerful person could even get it. 
wouldn't it be wild <laughs> if the most powerful people in the world got COVID? And I left it at that. Really? So you didn't actually get to address it? So do you, does your mom know yet? It's the holiday uh, over? Well, no, but when it is tonight and she looks it up, she'll be like, oh my God, he predicted it. And will be like, no, it just <laughs> happened days ago. Um, then, before dessert, roughly after a second extremely dry entree, um, a woman comes walking in from our backyard and, and comes up to the sukkah. And I hear my dad go, Make sure she has a mask on. Make sure she has a mask on. This woman comes into the suit, into the sukkah. My my mom turns to me and goes, "Oh yeah, it's okay. She has a mask on. Her husband is not feeling well right now." <laughs> oh my god! And I said, "Oh yeah, what what's the problem?" And she goes, "Oh, he just has a cold. It's it's nothing." Yeah. I said, "Has he been tested?" And uh, imagine you're in a hut. Yeah, right. With these people. And I'm <laughs> eating, so I don't have a mask. You know on. that you can't test the democratic hoax. Um, and, um, they said, um, no, he hasn't been tested yet. And Rachel and I literally got up and walked out. Reasonable. That's one does. We were like, we, we have to go. Like, we're not like. Your mom's like, I told you not to talk about world events. (laughs) All of a sudden I got, I started panicking, felt like I was in a rat's nest of some kind. And I just had to go, dude. I got to survive to make it to work. You know what I mean? How, uh. How are your coworkers handling the, uh, or the, I can't imagine you work with any Jews. <laughs> your dad wouldn't, surely wouldn't sub- like, subject Jews to that work. Yeah. He, wouldn't to- he wouldn't torture another Jew like that unless it was his son. Yeah. <laughs> but for real, how are they reacting? Um, do they, how does anyone Do, do they think he was like targeted with COVID? <laughs> Some are on the Q train a little bit about it, um, and the other coworkers are just like, "Yeah, just like pray for our president." Thoughts and prayers, bro. I'm yeah. like, "Yeah, I'm gonna you pray." Thoughts, one in the prayers. And a pray he uh, dies. <laughs> 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 it's the only praying I'm doing this week. Um, should we play a three-way game of the movie game? Oh, okay, yeah. I like you. It. Just like go in a three-way, and then. Um, what what is the movie game again? Oh yeah, you have like letters and you like lose. Should we just do one round of it and the person who can't go any further loses and gets called the biggest dick in movie blues history? Oh yeah, gets eliminated. Yeah, so Dylan, this is a situation in which like one of us will name a movie, the next person will name an actor that was in that movie, the next person will name a movie that that actor was in, and so on and so forth until someone reveals themselves to be a fucking asshole. All right, I mean, generally that'd be me. Let's go. Well, you can pick the movie. Oh, okay. Um, any movie? All right, we're going with the Royal... No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay, how about... Um... And Dan, you're next. Yeah, I bet. I'll, I'll, I'll start it really easy. Really easy. A Mighty Wind. Okay. Eugene Levy. American Pie. Jason Biggs. Jersey Girl. Compassionate. <sighs> this is the part where am I mixing up Jersey Girl with uh, what's the other one that I always mix it up with there? Geely. Geely. I think there's a Jason there. Jason Biggs is in Jersey Girl. He is. I, I I could I could pick something else and fuck I you. Think, right now. I think Ben Affleck is in both of them though, so I'm gonna go with Ben Affleck. I was gonna say boys and girls. Oh, my heart rate just went up. Okay. <laughs> All right, Ben Affleck. We're watching Jersey Girl this season. Fuck you. 
Ben Affleck? Yeah. Imagine the possibilities. Oh, and also, if you name something, say you go like Phantoms, and I'm like Challenge, then you have to name someone else in Phantoms. It's like, you can't name a movie that you don't know anyone else in. Right, um, yeah, that's a good, good part. Yeah, that's, that's important. Yeah. Um, Daredevil. Oh, oh, yes, okay. close to it. Jennifer Garner. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> um, now, if I were to challenge you, would you have to find a third actor that's in? Oh, no, because no, you said another Jennifer Garner movie. Okay. Um, and if I name a Jennifer Garner movie, do I need to know another actor in it? Unless you're going to bank on Dylan not challenging you. Uh, you're, you're already on thin ice there. All right, Electra. <laughs> oh god, I'm done. You're not an idiot for not knowing another actor in Electra. I mean, it's awful. No one should. <laughs> I mean, I, I should. I'm not that much of an asshole. Yeah, I'll challenge you. Yeah. What do you think about that? Huh? What do I think about that? In your power, sitting on your throne. Big man, <laughs> microphone. Um, I'm going to assume that Ben Affleck is also listed as being in it, but you can't do Ben Affleck twice, right? Uh, correct. Oh, I forgot about that rule, too. <sighs> Who else is in Electra? I know there's an Asian guy in it. <laughs> Jet Li? No, definitely not Jet Li. No one as talented in, as Jet Li. I can't imagine there's any other Asian actors. Um, yeah, I... I guess I guess I'm fucked. I wanted to say that Michael Clark Duncan was in. No, like, he's in the first one, bitch. Jesus. Jesus he's, Christ. There's no winner. This he's, game he's, is he's, dude. I'm, it's on the fucking tip of my tongue, though. Like, there's somebody. Michael Clark Duncan is what's his face. I'm thinking of a fucking. In the of the you picked the only comic book movie that I've seen. I don't know. I'm, I guess I'm out. I love it. Love right? to see it. My future still looks bleak in this game as well. Wait, <sighs> dude. God damn. All right, I guess I'm out for the sake of progress. Well, do you want to, in that case, do you want to look up and see if if Michael Clark, if Michael Duncan, Clark Duncan is, is an Electra? Because I said confidently that he's not, but I actually have no idea because I've never seen Electra, because why would I? Because, like, <laughs> women superheroes, right? I'm mixing it up. I think I was thinking of King, he's Kingpin in, the in first Daredevil. Movie. Yeah, that's what I was saying. I know for um, that he's in Daredevil, but it seems stance, but he, and he gets murdered in that movie. Nope, I lost. My how the mighty have fallen. Alright, um, so... Yeah, but my future in this game is still bleak, because I, I couldn't name another one in Electric. Well, Dan, as the, no, uh, at, as the outside person, do you want to pick the movie that we start with? No. Okay. Don't pity Don't pity me with letting me choose. I was tossing you a pity fuck there. Uh, Alright, Fletch. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Gina Davis. Uh, Yo, what what was with Gina Davis being in five minutes of this movie? She she was like Monty Penny. And like unable to do the middle finger. What the fuck? Yeah, what was that? Yeah. <laughs> Just what a weird Okay, alright, continue. Beetlejuice. She's so, she's so hot and continue. Beetlejuice. And scene. Okay. Um Winona Ryder. Winona Ryder, huh? Drinks Manischewitz wine. That's not a movie, is it? I'm fucked. Uh Winona Ryder. Let's go with uh, Mr. Deeds. Nice. Uh, <laughs> Dance. I bet she doesn't even remember being in that movie. <laughs> yeah. She doesn't remember Winchester. Fucking horrible. Yeah. All right, go ahead, Mr. Deeds. <laughs> Fuck. 
Um, John McEnroe. Challenge. Oh, <laughs> challenge. Dude, he's in so many movies. <laughs> okay, John Chatura. We're, good. we're just gonna skirt around the rules gonna, on that one. Yeah, we're just gonna Wait, skip that, the fact that you, wasn't that the you got challenged. You got challenged, so you're supposed to name another oh, I thought it John McEnroe movie. I thought, I thought it meant I had to okay. name another okay. actor from right, Mr. No. Alright, so Dylan was unclear on the rules. So right, yeah, so let clear. him do Tatara. You can go I thought that was gonna Tatara. fuck him. Okay. Right. It fucks you. Right, I, was also, I was also looking for a laugh. We can edit that out. Alright. Dylan said John Tatara, and then I responded with Miller's Crossing. Okay. Miller's Crossing. Challenge him. No way he knows. Yeah. No, challenge him. He doesn't know. <laughs> <laughs> he for okay. sure doesn't know, and neither do you. So challenge I'm him. Trying to think of the other name of the the other guy. So will he. But he knows it. No, he doesn't. <laughs> he knows challenge. nothing. I play this game with a severe poker face. Yeah. <laughs> I just make weird faces. I'll challenge because it's desperate. It's my only option. Yeah, it's the only option. The last, the dire moves of a gasping man. Correct. Um, yeah, the the star of Miller's Crossing would be the uh, the seminal actor Gabriel Byrne. Oh, that's true. Yeah, he got it. Dan wins. Yes, there he is. Remaining undefeated. Still the king of his summer camp, even at <laughs> almost thirty years old. He's a huge winner. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anybody else? Final thoughts about uh, the Fletchverse, and obviously, thank you, Dylan. We'll probably have you back for Fletch Lives. I'm assuming. Thank you. Yeah, as well as. Uh, so Fletch lives is the next one, and then I mean now we now you're committed. We have to watch the John Hamm one whenever that comes out. Oh Jesus! Um, I just want to say, you know, I, Dan is mischaracterizing my feelings towards the police. It's not that I disrespect them; it's that I reject them as an institution. <laughs> clear, clear distinction. Thank you for clearing that up, Dan, okay. for all of our listeners who um, definitely needed to know. Fletch, we've, we've abolish means abolish, okay? <laughs> De defund means defund. Fucking <laughs> let's go. Okay. So All right, right, okay. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be playing this as Tarantino for the rest of the time. I'm gonna say I'm gonna clarify each time I say a sentence, okay? Dan, you want to roll a big old baby into the room? <laughs> See, I feel like it's a little bit less impactful when you preface it with things like that. Just kidding, baby! <laughs> <laughs>